How we doing, Mark? Uh, last week of high school hockey in Massachusetts winding down with the big uh, conclusion on Sunday in the Garden. We're all looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, six games over at the Garden for those that can't attend uh, in person. Uh, you can watch the games live on the NFHS network, and you can get there by just going to myhockeylive.com and clicking on the NFHS logo right on our homepage, uh, which will take you over to the network so you can uh, subscribe and watch those six games on Sunday and uh, our final podcast, Paul. So we certainly want to give a shout out to our sponsors, our year long sponsors, Sullivan Tire, Nolan Insurance and Full Clean Sanitizer, which is available on Amazon. We thank all of those that sponsored us during the regular season and uh, certainly invite anyone that's interested in becoming a sponsor to reach out to us at info at MyHockeyLive.com. On the live broadcast side, we were averaging over 20,000 viewers per month. That's only going to go up next season. And uh, our sister network, Be Big Live, will start up here in a couple of weeks for spring sports. And we'll have a lot of lacrosse and things like that. So it's never too early to start thinking about a sponsorship with either one of our networks. And, uh, Paul, why don't we get right into it? Because there's so much to cover. And I know Jake's going to join us here shortly. But, uh, you know, six games, um, and I know you have the schedule right in front of you because you're <laughs> scheduling the talent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, and uh, a t- being St. Patrick's Day when we're recording this, a tip of the scally to those uh, loyal sponsors we've had for a long time, Sullivan Tire and Nolan Insurance and Full Clean. Um, they are they have been really loyal. I use the word loyal again, but true sponsors and true believers in high school hockey and uh and in us, uh, getting close to the teams and the coaches and the kids and the fans, as we found out more this year. So um, we love doing it, but, you know, we can't do it for free. And the sponsors help and the individual team sponsors help as well. And, you know, they're, they're, we customize, customize, customize. So people interested in getting on board and then being splashed across the pages and by word of mouth through My Hockey Live and Be Big Live you know, certainly get in touch with us, as Mark said. But uh, getting into the uh, the uh, meat of the matter here, uh, there are six games on Sunday, traditional format, where uh, the first game kicks off at 9 a.m., bright and early, and it followed by a game at 11, a game at 1, and then the scheduling goes 3.15, 5.45, and 7.45, and if you think there's just going to be 18 periods played this Sunday, you know, they'll take your money in Vegas to bet on that because uh, invariably one or two or three of these games ends up needing uh, extra time, an overtime period or two. And, I mean, nobody wants to see the repeat of the uh, the BC High game three or four years ago where it went to about 34 or 35 overtimes. I'm kidding. But it went late into the night, and it was the next-to-last game, and, uh, the kids playing the last game, I think, got on the ice at like quarter of 10 for their state championship game. So it's it's a great day, but, you know, we hope no overtimes and close games and 
And, um, you know, the thrill of the day will stay with these kids, win or lose, for the rest of their lives. I'm 59. Sure. I'll drop on. Yeah, that was crazy. And I'm here, guys. Hello. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Hello, Jake. Jake. Welcome. Well, perfect timing because we're going to get into the 9 o'clock game, and you're going to be calling that game. Uh, where we have number four sandwich against number two Watertown and sandwich certainly uh, always bringing excitement to their tournament games. Jake, I know you've seen them a, a bunch of times throughout the years as, as we've seen Watertown as well, but why don't you give us a little uh, preview of that one? Well, sandwich is cool. Um, they, they might even have been a little bit better last year, to be honest. Um, they were one of those teams, I think, that felt shortchanged that there was no state tournament last year. And this could be true for a lot of different teams with winning their league tournaments, in state, which unfortunately wasn't able to play in what was Cape and Islands Atlantic final. They had, I believe they had a COVID, so Barnstable automatically advanced, something like that. It could have been Falmouth. Um, but credit to Sandwich, they rebounded quite nicely, improved. Okay, you know what? We can be just as good here. And uh, they are going to the Garden. I believe it's their first trip since 2008 when they won. I've done enough games at Gallo. I should know by staring at that banner, the 2008 uh, state. So that's a cool story. Um, their coach back then was Derek Curtis, actually, the former um Archbishop Williams coaches. Sorry, I just have to get a sure. mask out of the dog's mouth right now. She's a guest star on this podcast. <laughs> and where were we? Um, so, so that sandwich, uh, Watertown, meanwhile, Watertown is probably the coolest story. I, I don't want to say they're the coolest story out of any team there. But Watertown, they disbanded their varsity program for a few years after winning a state championship in 2015. It was actually the first year of my hockey lives. And they were down at Gallo then in what would have been, I think it was the state semifinal uh, then, um, different format. They were the North champions in D3. They beat Norwell. And it was just so remarkable how small their roster was. I believe they had 11 skaters, two goalies. And of the 11 skaters, seven were seniors. So they win a state championship. They have to play a junior varsity schedule the next year. They go back to varsity in what would have been the 16-17 season. They have to play as an independent because they were out of the Middlesex League at that point. And I believe they did that for two years before the numbers finally uh, got back up enough where they could re-enter the Middlesex League and uh, form a you know, competitive varsity team. So it's really cool that seven years later, two uh, cycles of seniors later, here they are back at the garden. And, uh, you know, this is why I'm glad that a Division Four was created because Watertown's a really good program if they're competing with similarly sized hockey teams. They're going up in the Middlesex League. I mean, we've seen some of the Middlesex League powers, namely Arlington and Redding and Burlington. And uh, Burlington's a little smaller, but Arlington and Redding, those are massive schools, awesome, obviously great hockey programs. So when Watertown gets to play schools its size in hockey, they almost always win. And uh, it's just a really feel-good story, I think, that they're back at the Garden after literally having to disband their team uh, in the not-too-distant past. Yeah, Jake, I had them the other night uh, in their victory over Stoneham in the um, semifinal. And I'll tell you, this is a pretty good team. They, um, I haven't seen Sandwich, but Watertown is balanced. Uh, they, they, you mentioned the Middlesex League. Uh, both Stoneham and Watertown get to play some of those bigger schools now in the regular season. So they're battle tested. 
And most of their losses are to those bigger programs. And Watertown, they played a strong game over Stoneham. They, the two had met twice during the regular season and split. And there was no question that um, Watertown, they won by a goal, but they were they were the better team. And they've got some, some very good players. They've got uh, three or four guys that are in the high 20s in point totals for the year. And they're pretty balanced and they've got a pretty good goaltender, Casey Williams. He's a, he, he's a lefty or catches with his right hand and he's a good one. And this team, you know, this should be a great game between Sandwich and Watertown to open up things on Sunday. That'll be fun. Yeah. Maybe a nine o'clock start with, with you on the call, Jake. So, uh, that'll take us into uh, the 11 o'clock, which is the D3 matchup uh, between Hanover and Marlboro. Hanover, again, uh, no surprise, uh, finding their way back to the garden. But Marlboro, Jake, why don't you talk a little bit about them, 21-0-1, and uh, what a season they've had. Well, Marlboro is interesting. You know, they're in, uh, they compete in central mass primarily. And so in the old format, you know, Marlboro would only have had to win two, at most, three games to get to the TD Garden. You know, sometimes, not always, as Hanover will be the first to tell you, uh, the team coming out of the Central is just, they're not, they weren't as battle-tested to go through the gauntlet, uh, primarily that would go down. But because Marlboro now, with this statewide format, they've had to prove that they can skate with the traditional powers in Eastern Mass. And you look at some of the teams they've beat on the way to the Garden, they beat a very good Danvers team. They beat a very good North Quincy team. And, uh, pardon me. The Danvers team, which beat a very good North Quincy team, and then they beat an unbelievable Linfield team to get to the final. So Marlboro, they play in the Clark Conference, I believe it is out there. They're competing with schools like Hudson, um, Algonquin, Wachusett, some schools like that. And some of those schools are even in higher divisions uh, than Marlboro. But Marlboro is a legitimate team. They got a good coach in Mike O'Brien, who's been there for a long time. Um, I don't know if they've played a program quite like a Hanover yet, but they have proven in the tournament they can skate with uh, the rest of the best. So, you know, the seeds dictated. Marlboro was number one. Hanover was number three. I was surprised that Hanover uh, was only number three. Um, <laughs> on uh, Sunday as well in Hanover, I mean, what more can you say about Johnny Abbott and the and Dan Daly and the rest of the coaches on that staff? The job they do, it's a classic example of they don't rebuild, they reload. You know, handled, um, in addition to a few other teams that we'll get to, they were supposed to be at the Garden two years ago in 2020. Unfortunately, uh, that was canceled. But Hanover was supposed to be at the Garden in 2020. They, not right now. They were there in 2018. They lost to Shrewsbury. They were there in 2016. They beat Algonquin. They were there in 2014, and I believe then they lost to Shrewsbury as well. So every other year, literally, handled at the Garden. And if they're not at the Garden, they're a win, maybe two at most. Day. And uh, it's just really remarkable that a smaller school on the South Shore like that, I believe it's about 800, maybe 900 students at it might be the smallest school in the Patriot League. Uh, they are, you know, pound for pound. And remember, Hingham's an independent, so they're not in the Patriot League, essentially. Pound for pound, I could make a case that Hanover is the best hockey program in the Patriot League. And uh, obviously, so many great programs there with Duxbury, Marshfield, Situate, uh, just to name a few as well. But um, the job Johnny Abbott and his staff does is really impressive. And uh, 
And there are some kids on this Hanover team who were supposed to be at the Garden in 2020, so really happy for them that they're getting this second. And uh, we'll talk more about that when we get to the Division Two game, talk about mm-hmm. the kids who were supposed to be <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, I just want to add on Marlboro, we had them the other night as well in their 3-2 win over Linfield, and that was a great hockey game. And it went back and forth a little bit, but Marlboro has a dynamic first line. Um, the, the coach had split them up for a couple of periods, but then reunited them. And they've got these three guys, uh, Chris Afides, Evangelos, and LaCroix. Uh, the three of them are so dynamic. They pass the puck very well. They're unselfish. They're quick. They can shoot. N- not one of them is uh, looks to be over 5'7 or 5'8, but, boy, do they control play when they're out there. And they've got a couple of real good defensemen as well. And they got a kid named uh, Massey who played, he's a sophomore, Luke Massey, number 10, played a terrific game. Not the biggest defenseman, but he was all over the ice as well. And they're a fun team to watch. I mean, they're going to have problems with the depth maybe with Hanover, and that'll be a challenge. But, you know, that, that'll be a terrific hockey game as well. Yeah, it should be a great game. And Hanover's only given up two goals in their last four games, so they're doing it a little bit differently than some of those traditional high-flying and over teams, so they're playing some great defense and uh, should be a good one at 11 a.m. That's Hanover, number three against number one, Marlboro, and uh, Jake will be on the call of that one. And then we get to the 1 p.m. game, uh, Division Two girls. We've got a Algonquin against Canton. Um, so there'll be a lot of green in the house for that one, Paul, and uh, you know, certainly yeah. you'll be on the call. So when you yeah, well, I, I, this is, this is a game I've, I've seen neither of these teams. I'm relying on, uh, people that have seen them, <clears throat> maybe, and also, uh, on some research that I'll be doing on those two teams, too. But this is the division that was the, the least chalk division of all six that were, that were put together this year. We've got Algonquin, a number 10 seed, and Canton, the girls, a number nine seed. And the the teams they beat in the semifinals, I think, were the number 13 seed and the number 22 seed. So that was a wide open division. And, you know, if you if you get through 32 teams starting off on opening day of the tournament and you make it to the finals as a nine or a 10 seed, you've done something pretty good. So, you know, this will be a battle. I mean, these two teams are probably pretty evenly matched and, you know, might not have expected to be here coming in. But. With each win in a tournament like this, you build your confidence and you get better. You're still skating. The team you beat goes home. So, again, I can't get into these too deep, but, Jake, maybe if you know something in particular about these two teams, that'll help now. But, you know, I just look forward to a great game. I can definitely tell you about Ken, and their goaltender is already, as a junior, a Boston Globe All-Scholastic. And wow. haven't done junior. So, she. She has a chance to run the table, go four for four. Uh, her numbers this year, just as impressive as they've always been. Safe percentage is up over 930. Uh, her goals against average the other night, heading into the other night when the hit was 1.01. So, that, yeah, that tells you all you need to know. Um, did give up one goal, and it was sort of a freak goal uh, for the Red Hawks. They scored. So, Carolyn Durand, remember that name. Uh, she's going to have 
some of the flashiest saves you'll see. And I was talking with their coach after the game, Dennis Aldrich, and uh, he said when she starts to play with attitude, that's when you know she's really dialed in. And uh, he said she was playing with attitude the other night against Natick, and that's why Canton's in the final. And then uh, just in terms of a, a personal interest story maybe for us is that um, obviously we know a lot about the Zavarian hockey team, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, they're coached by Dave Spinelli. His daughter, Devin, plays Canton. She is a sophomore, I believe a sophomore, and uh, she plays yeah. forward and mostly back on the blue line the other day. So I know there's a lot of, you know, like, for example, both Canton boys and girls are going to be at the Garden. And they were talking right. about, you know, but we had Arlington at the Garden, both girls and boys. Um, it's going to, you're going to have two Spinellis. You're going to have Devin yeah. playing block and then Dave coaching at 745. So I'm very glad they were able to break it up so that Dave will be able to watch his daughter. I think that's really cool. And I, I, it could have happened in the past, something like this. Uh, I can't think of any instances in the last decade or so I've been involved. So I think that's really cool and a neat uh, little storyline to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a good point, Jake. Thank you. Yeah, that'll be another <laughs> low-scoring game. I mean, you, you spoke about the Canton goaltender, Algonquin, also uh, not giving up many goals either. So this could be a, a one nothing game, and hopefully it's not an overtime game. And um, interestingly enough, um, you know, we had them ranked number two and number three with our RPI rankings on uh, sure. my hockey live. So so no surprise there. Uh, both teams coming in with, you know, incredible records. Uh, and uh, – so we keep the, the Canton momentum alive at, at 3.15 p.m. We have the Division Two Boys Championship, number three Canton facing off against number one Tewksbury, and um, Matt O'Brien will be on the call of that one. But I know both of you guys have seen plenty of these two teams. Yeah, I've seen Tewksbury quite a few times. I've not seen Canton other than maybe one period during the Ed Burns. <clears throat> Tewksbury's a very good team. They've played some D1 teams. Um, if they stay out of the penalty box, they'll be good. Uh, that's been a, an issue the last few games for them, uh, but they've still prevailed. They've got very good talent. Their 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 A level talent is about seven or eight or nine players deep. With no offense to the to the rest of the team, but they're led by a guy that we featured on one of our podcasts, Caden Connors. Who's if people haven't seen him, they'll remember seeing him if they watch him this this Sunday. Big, tall, left-shot defenseman, carries the play, uh, you know, all-star at every level, and they follow him, but uh, he's not a one-man band. They've got a very good team, and, you know, they're deserving of the number one spot, and I think Canton is a team that could challenge them, and I know, Jake, you've seen them and can speak about the Bulldogs. Oh, what's cool about Canton and uh, Tewksbury is that this is a rematch of a state final that took place just three years ago, the last time we were at the Garden, it was 2019. And Canton, I mean, that was the best Canton team, well, maybe the best Canton team of the last uh, decade or so. But there's only one player left on Canton who played at the Garden in that game. That's Eamon Kelly. Tewksbury has seven players who played in that game as freshmen. They lost 6-2 to a Canton team that was putting the finishing touches on a 25-0-1 season. Uh, here's Canton's records over the last four seasons. 25-0-1 all in 2019. 21-1-3. They were supposed to be at the Garden that year, pandemic. Uh, last year, um, abbreviated season, 11-0-1, playing all Hockamock League. 
this year, 22-2-1. So you add it all up over the last four years, this senior class for Canton, 79-3-6. Wow. It really and of, the, and of those three losses, two of them are against Lincoln Sudbury, uh, who's now, which is now in Division One. And this is also interesting. So Canton is, t- again, 22-2-1. At one point this season, their record was 0-2-1. So it started for <laughs> three games. They lost to Lincoln Sudbury, they lost to Franklin, and they tied Barnstable, and they've won every game they've played since then, uh, including an overtime thriller against Walpole in the round of eight, I believe that was. But, um, you know, Canton, they're, they're just like Hanover, just in a different league. Small school, small school in the Hockamock League. Um, by far, I think they are still smaller than Foxborough uh, enrollment-wise. But um, Brian Schumann, the job he does with Canton is uh, pretty incredible. And it's also cool, he has been on an unbeaten team as both a player and a coach. He was on the unbeaten CM team back in 98 when they won the Super 8. And, of course, coached uh, four years ago. So um, it took three. We'll have full yes. But this might be the best Tokesbury team of the last decade plus. Uh, I mean, Caden Connors, Paul, 49 points is a defenseman. There's not many forwards in the state with more than 40 points. He right. plays back on closing in on 50. He's two and a half point a game player. That's just unheard of. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll be a guy can't will have to keep their eye on. But, you know, they they th- this should be a great game, the D2 game. Yeah, it should be a terrific matchup. 3.15 p.m. is the start time for that D2 matchup. And then at 5.45, we've got the Division I Girls Championship game, number two Arlington against number one Austin Prep. Uh, Arlington coming in at 21-1-1 and and Austin Prep undefeated 26-0-0. Austin Prep the number one seed throughout the season on pretty much every platform. But uh, should be a good one there, probably another low-scoring game. Yeah, and Arlington's lone loss on the season came to <clears throat> Austin Prep. And the score, from people I've talked to, the score is a little deceiving. It was 6-1 to one final, but um, one, uh, <laughs> granted, a little biased. It was an Arlington player's dad who said, yeah, we were missing four kids that day, uh, two for COVID and two with other uh, non-COVID illnesses. So, you know, would that have made a difference, probably make a difference in the score? Would they have beaten them? That can't be determined, of course. But Arlington has kind of cruised through their bracket, um, and Austin Prep has done more than cruise through. They had, going into the game the other night, they hadn't been scored on in the tournament. And surprisingly, Acton Boxborough uh, had them tied up one-to-one at the end of two periods before uh, Austin Prep let it loose in the third and scored four goals. And they are just a, a an unbelievable team to watch, and Arlington is playing some kids that are that are four year players as well. And you know they they've been chomping at the bit to get back and play Austin Prep. But if anybody can really challenge them for three whole periods, it's Arlington High. Jake, saw, you probably you've got some more details on this. I think just a few, I guess. Um, I only, I've only seen Arlington. What I did see uh, the other night, the Propelka sisters, uh, Julia and Maddie and yep. Gabby Russo, play on yep. the line together. Uh, Gabby's a senior, 36 points. Maddie is a junior, uh, uh, 50 points. She actually had her 50th point the other night uh, when she scored two goals. And Julia, only a freshman, uh, she's got 32 points, I think it was. So, you know, on the one hand, they're a little top-heavy. 
But when you have a line that's capable of doing that, <coughs> how do you stop? Oh, so uh, they also had a great goaltender in Elise Rod. Um, I was pretty impressed with what I saw from Arlington. Just the team's speed, because they already know. they The Kropelkas and Gabby Russo, the pseudo Kropelka sister, they, they just know where the other is going to be at all times. And they barely missed any passes in transition. They know where everybody's going to be, every step in the attacking zone. Um, really fun group to watch. And this is key for Arlington as well. Four senior defensemen uh, who are their, make up their top. And I don't care how good of an offense you have. When you're going up against a defensive core like that, on top of a great goaltender and Rod, uh, it's tough to get by. And uh, Jeff Mead's done a great job with Arlington. So, you know, it's going to, uh, Austin Preps, they're real and spectacular. That's, they've, they're as advertised their final year before uh, leaving for the NEPSAC. Uh, and this is every sport, boys, girls, hockey, uh, baseball, football, golf, you know, they're going to the NEPSAC. But, um, yeah, that that's going to be a very good game. That looking very forward to sort of the the contrast and styles. I think between those teams. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Uh, Austin Prep has blown out some of their opponents. Arlington's had some tough games in the tournament. I mean, a one goal win over uh, that combo team of Peabody, Linfield, North Reading uh, early on, two to one, and then uh, the Shrewsbury Colonials gave them a game. Shrewsbury's got a very good girls program and boys program, and Arlington won that one two to one. So. They've been, you know, battle-tested in the tournament. And, uh, you know, were they looking ahead? I don't think you look ahead when you're playing Shrewsbury in the semifinals. But, uh, you know, that I, I agree with you, Jake. I think this is going to be one to keep an eye on. And uh, if anybody can push Austin Prep all three periods, I think it's Arlington. Yeah, for a senior defenseman will be key there. As you said, Austin Krupp, just their offense just comes in waves as it's shown throughout the season and also in the tournament. So scoring five goals the other night. Um, 7.45 p.m., we've got the Division One championship. Really no surprise here. Number one, St. John's Prep squaring off against number two, Severian. Uh, we've had Severian and St. John's Prep several times, but Severian throughout the year. Paul, so you know, and Jake, you both know them very well. Uh, should be a really great matchup and looking forward to hearing from both of you guys because you guys know these teams inside and out. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I agree. It's one and two, the one and two seeds and they shared number one most of the year along with maybe CM for a, a week or two. But, you know, looking at the tournament two weeks ago when it came out, the seedings came out and the draws came out. Um, you know, it's easy to go, okay, how, who's going to beat one and two along the way? Well, these teams did get tested. This was not like roll through the bracket. You know, early on, they had some games that they're expected to win, and they did. But you get to that final eight, and uh, really, nobody would have been su that surprised, I don't think, if uh, if this was not the matchup. Both of these teams had to go to double overtime in their semifinal games. Um, St. John's Prep against a fellow league rival, BC High, who came out, some people thought came out of nowhere as a number 13 seed and won a couple of one to nothing games down the stretch, beating CM and then beating Austin Prep and, you know, nearly took out St. John's Prep. They didn't tie the game until the last minute. Um, and Zavarian, you know, some would say maybe a little easier road, but uh, I'll tell you, we had their Belmont game. Belmont High hockey is a heck of a team. And Zavarian just, they won that game by depth. I mean, Zavarian's blessed this year with 
I think they've got 14 seniors on the roster. They roll four lines. They're one of the few teams in the state that rolls four lines the whole game. And I think St. John's Prep does as well. So, you know, depth is not going to be an issue between these two teams. But Severian won that Belmont game on depth. And and then the Arlington game was just a classic, as was the Prep BC High game. So, you know, both these teams are coming in. They're, they're probably breathed a sigh of relief the other night when they got by those two last opponents. And they were pointing to this all season long, each of these programs. They split during the regular season. St. John's Prep uh, went down to Canton, and the final score was five to two. It was a much closer game than that. It was uh, three to two St. John's until about the 10 minute mark, if I recall, of the third period. And St. John's got a goal late and then uh, got an open net goal. Um, I think I had that right, but it was a 5-2 final, but it was no way a 5-2 game. And then, uh, when Zavarian went back up north, they were able to beat St. John's 2-0 in a game that Brendan Flanagan just stood, stood on his head. From what I was told, Zavarian, uh, controlled things early on and just steadily built up a 2-0 lead. I got there for the third period and the, the whole play was in the Zavarian end. And Flanagan was outstanding, as well as the Zavarian uh, veteran defenseman as well. Um, so, it, so it's a classic matchup. They split during the regular season. This is the rubber game, and it's, oh, yeah, it's for a state championship. Jake, you've seen both these teams, too, and may have uh, some different insights as well. Hey, well, you know, like you said, they split in the regular season. Over the last four seasons, they are 3-3-2 three, three, and two against one another. <laughs> So not a big difference between these teams. Um, is that Zavarian game? Just to take us back to the last round, they had a four-one lead with about to go. Arlington, it's not like they tied it up with a second or so to go. They tied it up with a full minute thirteen on the clock. Arlington yep. theoretically that game in regulation. The poise Zavarian had to have to come back and win after that, that's the kind of medal that teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs don't have. You know, that, that's impressive. That, yeah. all, the, all the words that game was a Bergeron, Bergeron, and Zavarian just completely halted those plans. And credit to them, it was Jack Silva uh, got the game winner in double OT. And would you believe this? This is Zavarian's first trip to the TD Garden. I know. I was thinking. I was thinking about that the other day. They've been close. They finished uh, third a couple of years ago. Josh Barton's team. They lost out in Framingham to BC High in a game that uh, would have put them in the Garden. And uh, you know, last year was just a, a throwaway, and the year before they just didn't make it. So, yeah, it's uh, the program's been building, and this is sort of the uh, the uh, ultimate reward for the program to get this far, and they're in the Garden. It's very. It's cool to see. Um, Another thing that's interesting, neither of these teams actually won the Catholic Conference. It was Catholic Memorial uh, record Catholic Conference this year. Uh, And that's just your typical Catholic Conference. The gauntlet, throw the six teams in and see who comes out on the other end. Um, CM had the best in the regular season. And number two, St. John's Prep, they were seven and three. Zavarian was uh, six, three, and one. But uh, make no mistake about it. I think these are... These are the top two teams in the state. In Division One. certainly you have kids on both teams that are going to go on to play college hockey. Uh, beyond that, who knows? But um, 
this is going to be a fun game. And the fact that they're also – they're not just league rivals. They're Thanksgiving football rivals. There's there's league rivalries, and then there's the school you play on Thanksgiving. And not all of these kids play football. Um, I'm not sure what the numbers are there. Could be – I'm sure there's some crossover. But um, when you play your Thanksgiving rival for a state championship, that is in any sport, and not really happen in football, but um, although I guess it could in the new format. Uh, it is just so incredibly rare to see. And, uh, you know, I have uh, some friends um, who are Zverian alums, or who at least they, they know some Zverian alums. Uh, one of your buddies, Paul, uh, Tom Company, of course. And, yep. um, you know, I've told Connor, yeah, this is going to be uh, Tom's son, former Hingham uh, Super 8 champion himself, told him this is going to be Zverian's first ever trip to the Garden. He, he didn't believe me. He didn't see how that could be possible. Like, yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've always been a great football school, great athletic school in general. And this is the first uh, time they're going to play for a state title in hockey. And uh, both Zavarian brothers schools. And uh, there's a lot of Zavarian brothers that have have toiled over the years and are smiling down on uh, these athletes from both schools. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you make some great points, Jake. Yeah, it should be a... uh... A great day of hockey over at the Garden on Sunday, and I know the two of you guys will be there for uh, most of the day, if not all of it. And, again, if you can't make it to the Garden, you can watch it live on the NFHS network, uh, which you can link right off of the My Hockey Live homepage. Uh, We have the schedules updated also on the homepage, and, of course, you can click on the rankings and see how everybody finished up, and the My Hockey Live RPIs were pretty much spot on. So kudos to – that takes care of all the schedules and the updates of the scores and things like that. But, uh, Jake, thank you again for joining us tonight. And, Paul, thank you as always. What a fun season we had. And uh, we look forward to uh, the six games on Sunday and uh, the start of the spring sports season on bbiglive.com. Our sister network will be carrying uh, lacrosse and baseball and all sorts of other spring sports and uh, thanks to Jamie Staffsleen for producing our podcast throughout the year and also uh, producing a lot of the live stream games that uh, the fans were able to watch. Any uh, parting words from uh, both of you, uh, Jake and Paul? I I just echo you, Mark. It'll be a great day for hockey in the garden on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, You know, the waiting is the hardest part. Um, I'm very excited. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much and uh, have a fun time on Sunday and uh, thank you again Jamie and uh, we'll see you all uh, next hockey season. 